one, smoke one. When you live like this, you're supposed to party. Roll one, smoke one, and we all just having fun. So we just roll one, smoke one. Hey, we're here at Eventbrite. Uh, what's the name of the place? I'm sorry, Event EVB. 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 EVB Gallery, Oakland, 1740 Telegraph. Here we are. It's May 14th. Uh, it's a fundraiser for uh, cannabis expungement. Thank you, Padre Mu, for hosting the event, for sponsoring this series. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to have us here and do what we do, capturing authentic content, casting a positive light on our cannabis culture. So, Ken, before we go any further, though, my man, you mind if we spark a joint, do you get it going? Let's fucking do it. Ken talked about not liking to take the second hit, so. Ah, uh, no, I got it's not you, the man. second hit, it's relit joints. Relit joints, gotcha. Relit joints. You light it for me, come on. Okay, I got you, I got you, yeah. Thank you, sir. Mm hmm. Show, show me how we do it out here in mm -hmm. California. Mm hmm. From San Jose, right? Okay, I know the audience would love to know how a young, successful attorney as yourself. Um, came up in a direction that would allow cannabis to intersect your life at such a young age. Can you share with us um, how you grew up in a quick minute, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like through high school? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, grew up in uh, New York, in, uh, up in uh, Orange County, New York, Middletown. Um, and it was, you know, it was a good childhood and I just had extreme ADHD. So, what I did was I took Adderall. And that actually helped significantly, right? Like my focus, my grades went up, I was able to focus, but you get side effects from it. And so at 16, I was like, oh wow, I can smoke weed, calm down, get back my, that, you know, the, that, that ability to eat. Even. You introduced yourself to weed? It introduced itself to me, basically. How did no, that I happen? Mean, that doesn't really matter how I actually met weed. It's more that when I met it, I realized that I knew it was something that could be beneficial for me. Gotcha, gotcha. And how would you describe your relationship with cannabis back when you were a kid? Um, it was like medicinal. It was like I, I was I was wanting it to be legal. I was pushing. It was you know I'm 26, turning 27. In 2010, I was graduating high school and I was like I was seeing things happening. You know, starting to see people talking about okay, maybe this could be this could be something. This could be an industry that's going to grow. And you're in and New York. Something, I'm in New York. I went to undergrad at Syracuse. I'm listening, bro. Um, yeah, and once I graduated, I knew I wanted to go somewhere where cannabis was legal, and I saw it coming online in California. I knew it was de facto legal already at that point, um, and I chose to go to Golden Gate, chose to go there because it has a social justice mission, um, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I made um, because the people I met there actually shared that same mission and those values of social justice, giving back, um, and then cannabis was just something that the school allowed me to uh, to work with, right? So we started Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Um, you helped start that? I started uh, Students for oh, Sensible Drug Policy. Dude. Yeah, yeah me man. And, and, and my best friend Aaron, uh, who we, I met in law school, we started Students for Sensible Drug Policy. We put on events for equity applicants. This was in 2006. 16, 2017, equity plans starting to come out. We're looking into this and saying this is a social justice issue. Students for Sensible Drug Policy at that time, we were focusing on uh, needle exchanges and raising money for needle exchanges. That was what our first focus was, but we realized really cannabis is something that we can actually educate people on as attorneys, as law students, and we could actually do a good impact in the community. And we saw these equity plans. So 
we held one event, we held two events, and they were very successful. And I met a lot of the people who were at this event today at that event. So, when you came to California, uh, how did your perspective change about cannabis? Um, it definitely, I felt more accepted in that I never knew it was medical in, Cal in in New York. I knew I was using it for some reason, but I wasn't focusing on the reason I was using it. I just knew that I needed it when I needed it, and I could not use it when I didn't have to, so I knew it wasn't a problem. Do you right. notice a difference in the quality of the herb? Yeah, of course, but I feel like always in New York, sometimes you get a pack from New York, or a pack from California, and sometimes you can maybe get some in indoor grown from New York, but I don't know, I was, I was like, I wasn't... You were connected? I was connected a little bit. <coughs> yes, a little bit, yeah. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best, you know what I mean? Out here, the selection, product selection, and then the, the um, there's like an entrepreneurship bug that happens in, in the Bay Area, and you get here, and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, my minor in undergrad was strategic management, something that I wanted to educate myself on so I could go into that space, and that's one of the reasons I felt comfortable even talking about starting a business, a cannabis business in, in Oakland. Legally, when you started your career as a law student, were you in it for a social justice angle? Is that the direction you were going originally? So, because yeah. you didn't start off with cannabis. No, no, no. So I was going for children's rights, but I'm a cannabis user. But I realized what this industry is in California, how it works and why it works. So I started working with Terrence Allen, mm -hmm. who is a very well-known uh, social justice advocate, uh, entertainment advocate, and cannabis advocate in San Francisco. Shout out Terrence Allen. Shout out Terrence Allen. And we started a consulting firm but before we did that, uh, we were working on the Cannabis Task Force in San Francisco that was right, well, they were creating the proposals that the Board of Supervisors would see when they were deciding on what legislation was gonna go forward. And so we helped kind of shape that process, but through that process I learned you know, really important stories from gay survivors and of, of the AIDS epidemic, mm -hmm. and you're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. You're telling me this? People and dying, bro. People dying every day, all the time, in a horrific manner, and cannabis saved their life? Excuse me, yeah. I can fucking, not only does it help me with what I need, which is my ADHD and, and my palliative therapy, but it can also help other people? It can fucking save their life? That's, that's worth fighting for. Today, how would you describe your position in the industry? Uh, uh, what are you doing right now, you know what I'm saying, to push forward in the space that you've created for yourself with Padre Mu? Can you tell us a little bit more about Padre Mu, by the way? Yeah, yeah, so Padre Mu is a cannabis equity business in Oakland. We're a delivery and distribution service. Um, my business partner, Aaron's father, has been uh, living in Oakland, and he is a, uh, for 12 years in West Oakland, and he's been a social justice advocate his entire life. He's, a, um, he's an artist, he's an author, um, and we created this business, uh, Aaron, Aaron Ash, who's my business partner and I, because we knew we could do good with it. We knew we were gonna be attorneys. That's the path we were on. And that's a path we're still on. We're practicing today. Yeah, we have cannabis business clients, and we're, you know, starting our, our employment law practice. And, you know, we knew that we could create a business that we could give back. And, you know, events like this is just this is nothing. You know what I mean? This why is just small parts. I'm sorry. Why Padre Move? What does it mean? Uh, Padre Move. The name is uh, Father of Nothing. 
Uh, and he's actually a person. So our namesake, Padremu Mel Ash, uh, Aaron's father, um, he is... He's Padremu? He is Padremu. Oh, so uh, he worked um, in Berkeley at the Mad Monk bookstore for many, many years. And uh, the, the Spanish guys would come in and be like, yo, Padre, because they chop it up with him because he's just an interesting guy. And he's very wise. And so, uh, and he's seen a lot, and right, we were just talking about that earlier before we got on. It's like, yeah, wisdom, really important in anything you pursue. And so he's kind of like our guiding light in this thing. So um, it's very interesting. What would I say is my part in this? It's just trying to find how we can do it the right way. How we create the ecosystems to protect our industry. How the fuck do we do that? Because it's really hard. Because as soon as the federal legalization comes, big money's coming in, and it's gonna fuck with all this shit. Okay. Sorry, am I allowed to use language it's like okay. that? It's okay, please. Little... Now, what does cannabis culture mean to you, bro? Because that's our angle, you know what I'm saying? Cannabis culture is every culture. Boom. What does it, it mean to you? It really is. You know what I'm saying? Is. Well, what does it mean to me? It, it truly in means, your life. In your life. It truly means I can look around this room right now where there are 100 people, and I can say, your culture is different than my culture. Your culture is completely different than my culture. I don't even recognize your culture. Like, in the sense that I don't know anything about it, or maybe I know a little bit, maybe I know some parts of it, right? Like, how much do you know about Judaism? Like, some people say I know a little bit, a little bit. So, I come from a different culture than maybe you come from. And, but we both share cannabis. So, how can cannabis culture be one thing? It's everything. It's everything because everyone uses cannabis all around the world. It's ubiquitous. Excellent um, description, bro. Um, what advice do you have to young uh, entrepreneurs looking to thrive in the cannabis space, you know what I'm saying? Because you got hands-on experience, dude. Yeah, I would say uh, talk to people who are in it right now. Come talk to me. If you're an equity applicant, I'm happy to talk to you for free and help you kind of get your, your head kind of going in the right direction so you don't, if you hear something, you know, you, you, gotta, you gotta cut that off soon because you start making decisions early on in these businesses and as you go down the road, they become more costly, right? The early decisions become more costly in the end. How you structure your business, the first thing you do, you know, where you locate, the first thing you do, uh, those things are very, very important and in the long term can really hurt you if you do it wrong. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. seek, seek expert advice. From the first day that I met you, bro, I knew you were a sharp cat and for Everyone who's watching this, if you have any kind of desire to get into the industry, support you connect with guys like Ken. And if you could please share with the audience how they can get a hold of you and Padre Moo. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to PadreMoo.com. Also follow us on Instagram at PadreMoo. Um, also, our phone number's on there. And if you want to contact me personally, you can go to uh, purchasing at PadreMoo.com. Cool, man. Hey, Ken. It was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better, bro. Nice Best of luck in your, in your journey in our Thank industry, you, dude. Really appreciate, appreciate you coming it. on. Thank you, you for the interview, bro. Sure. Roll one, smoke one. When you live like this, you're supposed to party. Roll one, smoke one. And we all just having fun. So we just roll one, smoke one. When you live like this, you're supposed to party. Roll one, smoke one. And we all just having fun.